It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Ah, good to be back. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio on this Monday, February 5th. Dave on the other side of the uh, concrete in the producer's chair. Good morning, Dave. Good afternoon, Dave. Good night, Dave. Whatever it is, huh? I don't know anymore. Seven and a half hour bus ride home from Charlotte on Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Ah, just recovering. But uh, thanks to TJ Walker uh, from Kentucky Roll Call for filling in on Wednesday. Tony Burke for filling in on Thursday. I was uh, away with the Bellarmine Knights again. <clears throat> Exciting win for Bellarmine on Thursday. 96-95 overtime win over Kennesaw State on the road. But it all came crashing back to earth on Saturday. Another injury. One of many. They lose to Queens University of Charlotte, 85-75. So, two more games this week. Home game Wednesday. Bellarmine will uh, host Stetson, the Hatters. And then we uh, hit the road Friday flight down to Fort Myers to take on Florida Gulf Coast on Saturday. So, four. I'll be here four days this week. It seems like a lot lately, but uh, here I am. You're stuck with me. Eminem Cartage Hotline's open, 502-384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. It is uh, starting to warm up out there. It's uh, golf weather for some, not me, but it's golf weather for some. And uh, you can stop by Thorns and get yourself an icy cold thirst quencher to have with you on the golf course if your course allows you to bring your own drinks on. Some don't. Some do. Some you just got to, you know, kind of sneak in on into the cart. No big deal. But uh, right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller only 89 cents. So come in today like I did this morning. There it is. Grab yourself a uh, thirst quencher. Fountain drink from Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line 502 414 What the hell happened while I was gone? Kentucky lost twice at home. Louisville scored 100 points in a game, not in a week, in a game. Indiana, yeah, woof. <sighs> we'll talk about all that. The system's been awful since I left. Starting Tuesday with Tuesday's game, games, the system, and if you listen to this program, you know what the system is, take all home teams that aren't ranked against teams that are ranked. That's it. It's that simple. If there's a ranked team playing on the road against an unranked team, bet the unranked team. Four and ten was the system in the last six days. Four and ten, including two and five on Saturday. So, look, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You either stick with it or you don't. I'm going to stick with it, which means I'm going to take Kansas State tonight plus the four and a half against Kansas. I've seen Kansas State. I don't think they're that they're very good at all. In fact, they lost at home to BYU. Or let's see, who did they lose to this week? It wasn't BYU. But they did lose at home this past week uh, to Oklahoma. 
73 to 53 on Tuesday. Yikes. They're not very good, as I mentioned. They are only four and a half point underdogs to a Kansas team that won at home against Houston this week. Now, it's two days later. Maybe Kansas has a bit of a letdown. It's hard to see in a rivalry in-state game like Kansas-Kansas State. They don't like each other. Bill Self and Jerome Tang are not going out to have dinner after the game. And as I mentioned, I don't think Kansas State's very good. So normally I would tell you to take Kansas, but the system says take the Kansas State Wildcats. And I always, not always, but I usually listen to the system. So I'm going to do that. It is also Super Bowl week. Welcome in. I'm going to have to give you my pick on Thursday. I think you already know who it is if you pay any attention to me, which most people don't, including my wife. Um, San Francisco's a two-point favorite. I don't really get it. They sh- could have or should have probably lost to Green Bay. They trailed by 17 at halftime against Detroit. They shouldn't even be in the Super Bowl the way they played in the postseason. Brock Purdy has led them from behind in both games. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have won at Buffalo. They won at Baltimore. They turned back into the Chiefs that we thought they were at the beginning of the season when they lost to Detroit on opening night, if you remember that. Yet San Francisco's a two-point favorite. Vegas knows. And the game, by the way, is in Vegas, 6.30 Sunday. Vegas knows. I don't know why Vegas knows. In my mind, it's simple. It's simple. You can, you can try to use numbers and analytics and, you know, trends and all that all you want. In my mind, let's simplify it. It's Patrick Mahomes against Brock Purdy. Has Brock Purdy been a revelation in San Francisco? Yes. Has he gotten the job done? Yes. If he doesn't get hurt last year, to that, do they get to the Super Bowl instead of Philadelphia? Maybe. Maybe so. But it's still Patrick Mahomes against Brock Purdy. And I've got to err on the side of Patrick Mahomes every time when I can get points. Against a quarterback who I guess was in the MVP is in the MVP discussion. Lamar Jackson's going to win it, but I guess he's in the MVP discussion. Most quarterbacks who get to the Super Bowl, most quarterbacks who win the Super Bowl have a great supporting cast. And I'm not it doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady or Trent Dilfer. It doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady or Joe Flacco. You win the Super Bowl because you have the best supporting cast. Now, the quarterback will usually win the MVP of the Super Bowl. Usually, not always. The quarterback will is usually the guy that wins the MVP in the regular season as well. Almost always now. That's why there's an offensive player of the year. If you're the most valuable player, how do you not be the offensive player of the year if you're a, a quarterback? Well, the Offensive Player of the Year was created because running backs and wide receivers aren't just don't win MVPs anymore. But you're not going to win if you're Brock Purdy without fill in the blanks. 
Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Bosa on the defensive line. I mean, you could go on and on and on. You're not going to win the Super Bowl if you're Patrick Mahomes without Trevor Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, who has blossomed this year, Marquez Vandez Scantling, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Isaac Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco. The uh, Chris Jones, defensive end. George Karlaftis, linebacker. You have to have a great supporting cast, or it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. But when it comes down to it, if the weapons are fairly equal, I will take Patrick Mahomes over Brock Purdy every day. So you probably don't have to wait until Thursday to figure out who I'm going to take in the Super Bowl. Right now, it's a big, big lean. I'm taking the points, and I'm taking the best quarterback in the league. Pretty simple combo platter. The over-under is 47 and a half. Uh, the over has been good to me in Super Bowls in the past for the most part. I do think Kansas City's defense is vastly underrated. Even at number two in the league in overall defense, they're still, nobody pays attention to them. Still underrated. If you're San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey has to have a great game. Not Brock Purdy. Not Brock Purdy. He has to not turn the ball over. He has to manage the game. He has to get it to Debo Samuel occasionally and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. But Christian McCaffrey has to have a great game for you to win. If you're Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is the guy you want to have the great game. Pacheco can be really good. In fact, Pacheco, for my money, is the is the best. And Scooter loves when I have value bets. He's the value bet for Super Bowl MVP. He's the value bet for Super Bowl MVP. Isaiah Pacheco. Isaac Pacheco. He, but... Mahomes needs to have a solid game for the Chiefs to win. McCaffrey, in my opinion, has to have a great game for San Francisco to win, not Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy just has to not have a bad game. He has to not throw interceptions. He has to complete to the secondary receivers, the checkdowns. So I love the over. Even though the Chiefs have a great deep, I think the Chiefs might score 35, 35 points. And if the, look, the Lions scored a bunch of points in the first half, then changed their game plan, that killed them. The Packers put a big number up on San Francisco. If Jordan Love and Jared Goff are going to put up big numbers against the 49ers, I expect Patrick Mahomes to put those same numbers up, if not better. Have I convinced you yet? By the way, Patrick Mahomes' father, DUI this weekend in Tyler, Texas. DWI down there. Driving while under the influence. Um, He's out. You know, it's his second DWI. 
I, you know, Patrick Mahomes is in Vegas. His dad's in Tyler, Texas. Maybe it doesn't affect him. I'm just, it's, I'm throwing it out there. It's hopefully, hopefully if you're the Chiefs, it's a minor distraction. Just like Taylor Swift is a minor distraction. Oh, the Japanese are going to make sure she gets done with that tour and they get her on a plane in 17 hours and she'll be at Super Bowl. She'll be sleeping on the private plane and everybody's right. Okay, it's a minor distraction. Does Travis Kelsey care whether she's there or not? Probably, but he is going to practice and go to the game with the assumption she's going to be there. Patrick Mahomes, is his dad going to be there? I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. And this is not Patrick's problem. This is Pat's problem. His dad, former major league pitcher. San Francisco, 12 and five regular season, three seed chiefs or one seed, excuse me, chiefs, 11 and six, three seed. But we said all year, we said before the season started, before the season even started, AFC is so much stronger. Did that change? I don't think so. I don't think so. The AFC still had Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, who got hurt. Right? They still had Justin Herbert, whose rest of the team was ter- so bad they had to hire Jim Harbaugh. Deshaun Watson, who was in and out of the lineup, got hurt and was not as good as the guy that uh, was there a few years ago, Baker Mayfield. The NFC was Dallas, San Francisco, turned out to be Detroit. And Philly, Philly bit, you know, spit the bit in horse racing terms. Philly had a mile race and ran about five furlongs and then got tired. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys performed like they always do in the playoffs. And here we are with San Francisco the leftover that almost got beat by Detroit and almost got beat by the Packers of all people, of all teams. Oh, I forgot to mention Aaron Rodgers who got hurt on the fourth play of the season as one of those quarterbacks in the AFC. Everybody said the AFC was better from day one. And it is. It was. More competitive, more good teams. So why is San Francisco favored? I'm very confused. Is it going to change? Well, it hasn't yet. I think it opened at two, maybe two and a half. It's now still two. But I think I should get my bet down before it changes. Because I think it's going to go the other way. I think by the time this game rolls around in six days, it might be closer to even than it is to San Francisco minus two. It would not surprise me when the money starts rolling in for the Chiefs to actually be a one- or two-point favorite. wouldn't surprise me a bit. So I think if you're going to bet the Chiefs, you bet it now. Bet it now, as soon as you can. Get on your phone if you have that app on there, and I know you do. I don't, but I know you do. Get on your phone. Bet it now. Because if it changes, if it changes, it's not going the other way. San Francisco is not going to be a three-point favorite. Probably not going to be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. If it changes at all, it's coming down. So if you're betting the Chiefs, bet them today. If you're betting the Niners, I think you can wait. 
can wait. Maybe get a number more favorable to you. And we'll take a break. College basketball to talk about. Long week to recap for me. Cats lose twice. Cards win. Hoosiers. <sighs> Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. John Spears for M&M Cartage. You see those trucks riding down the road with the M&M Cartage sign? At 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by M&M Cartage. John Spears in studio on this Monday. M&M Cartage hotline's open. 502-384-1450. 384-1450. Thorns text line open as well. 502-414-1450. Get your text into that number, 414-1450. All right, the card scored 100. Actually, 101. Louisville 101, Florida State 92. It ends a six-game losing streak. Sky Clark did not play. Hersey Miller was uh, unavailable. He is now out for the season with a hip injury. He'll go back to California to have it worked on. Um, is the Kenny Payne bandwagon ready to roll? Are you ready to roll now? The keep Kenny movement. They're seven and 15 now two and nine in conference tied with Notre Dame at two and nine. So not dead last by themselves anymore. And you've got five winnable games in a row coming up. Now that sounds crazy. Eh, maybe not crazy. It sounds way too optimistic. When you're 7-15 and 15 to say, hey, you know what, you could win the next five games, that sounds like I might have a screw loose. However, they're at Syracuse. Three of those five are on the road, by the way. At Syracuse, Georgia Tech at home, at Boston College, at Pitt, and Notre Dame at home. Is it really out of the question? Not if they play like they did Saturday. Huntley Hatfield with a... Career high 29, seven rebounds. Tyler Johnson. All right. I don't know what to do with Louisville and Tyler Johnson because he still didn't start. <laughs> Maybe that's, you know, some guys are better off the bench. But there, was, there were moments this year when Zan Payne was starting ahead of Tyler Johnson. Scott Clark, I get it. Trey White, okay. Curtis Williams? Curtis Williams had 19 points Saturday. I'm not bagging Curtis Williams. Tyler Johnson was 9 of 15 from the field and 9 of 10 from the free throw line. By the way, 80 free throws in this game. I was on the road with Bellerman. I didn't see the game. Uh, 80 free throws is too many. I don't care who's playing. I don't care if you go six overtimes. The officials are the story when there's 80 free throws. Now, it's a feel-good for the cards. It is. It's a feel-good story for Louisville. Win the game at home, night game on Saturday. I haven't talked to Ed about what the crowd was like, but I will. 
Curtis Williams, I mentioned 19. Mike James had 18. Trey White didn't score. Scott Clark, if I'd have told you Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, uh, Sky's out. He's he's injured. Hersey Miller's injured. And Trey White's not going to score a point. Not going to score a point. Seven rebounds, not going to score a point. You would have said, ooh, I'm not going to that game. What are we going to get beat by? How bad is this going to be again? 101-92. Louisville shot 54.4%. Florida State shot 51.6%. Defense was optional. Louisville was only 3 of 11 from 3. Florida State was only 3 of 19. They both still shot well over 50% from the field. The Cards made 36 of 45 free throws. 36 of 45 free throws. How many fouls were called in this game? 57 fouls were called in the game. 57 fouls in a 40-minute game. That's approximately one and a half fouls per minute. It's a little bit under that, but close to one and a half fouls per minute. That's too many. Cards were 36 of 45. The Knolls were 23 of 35. That's crazy. Florida State only out-rebounded Louisville by one. Uh. 34 turnovers in this game. This was not aesthetically pleasing basketball, I'm going to guess. Cards had 16 turnovers. Seminoles had 18. But they did shoot the ball well. Both teams shot it well from the field, from the two-point area anyway. But it feels good if you're a Cardinal fan. You you, You win a game. That's all. Just win a game. You're going to have 16 turnovers. You're going to have 80 free throws in the shot in the game. You can commit 23 fouls, which the Cards did, 34 Florida State. Um, Just win. Doesn't matter. In fact, that's a story for everybody this year. Just win the game. Nobody's the greatest team in the world this year. And nobody's the worst team in the world this year. You can talk about Connecticut, Houston, North Carolina, Kansas, whoever you want to talk about at the top, Purdue, whoever you want to talk about, nobody's unbeatable. And nobody is so beatable that you can overlook them, including Louisville. Florida State now drops to 12-9, and nine, but this is going to end up being at least a quad three loss, probably a quad four loss. And when the committee meets on Selection Sunday, quad four losses matter. They just matter. So when you play Louisville, that is a red X on your resume, a big red X. And if you get enough red Xs, you don't get in the tournament. Now, Florida State's probably not going to get in anyway. At 12-9, and they'll finish a little bit above 500, maybe. Maybe. But there are teams that uh, are going to finish, you know, 18 and 12, 19 and 11, and they don't want those red X's, man. They do not want those red marks that say, I got a quad one loss. 
Uh, Florida State's going to have one. Miami's going to have one. Miami is kind of putting it back together. They play Virginia tonight on the uh, ESPN. Neither team is ranked, but Miami's kind of putting it back together. They are uh, 15 and 7 now. They're seventh in the conference. But guess what? They lost at home to Louisville. That's going to be a quad four loss. If Miami ends up on the bubble, that loss could push them off the bubble. So the point is there are teams that seem unbelievably beatable. We just have to show up, and that's not the case. Notre Dame's one of those teams. I know Mo in Middletown's listening because he texted me, but Notre Dame's one of those teams. Man, we show up. Virginia found out that's not how it works. Notre Dame beat them by 22. Now, Virginia got revenge on Notre Dame in Charlottesville. Doesn't change the fact that that's a red X right there. There's a red X on your resume. And if you're in the SEC, guess what? You got to beat Vanderbilt. Guess who Kentucky plays next? Vanderbilt in Nashville. Got to beat Vanderbilt. There are teams you show up, you have to beat. It's that simple. If you're in the Pac-12, I think you got to beat Oregon State. Arizona lost to uh, Stanford. It's not going to help them. Not going to help them. They they got the revenge win this weekend, but that's not going to help them. ACC, well, it's Louisville and Notre Dame, I guess. I guess. The Big Ten, I don't know who it is in the Big Ten. Who's the worst team in the Big Ten? It's not Penn State. (laughs) No offense uh, to Indiana there, but it's not Penn State. Now I got to look. Golly, I hate doing this. But uh, Michigan, it's Michigan, right? Yeah, Michigan's 2 and 9, 7 and 15 overall. That's by the way, the same exact record as the Louisville Cardinals. 7 and 15 overall, 2 and 9 in the conference. Ohio State's 3 and 8 in the conference. Guess who Indiana plays next? Ohio State. Guess where? Columbus. And then Penn State, Maryland, Indiana, Iowa, all 5 and 6. So, again, I go back to this. Just win. And and that goes for UConn, Purdue, Houston, North Carolina, Tennessee. Go down the top, top ten. All you got to do is win. Win, you're going to be a number one or a number two seed. That's all. Uh, Louisville at Syracuse Wednesday. Syracuse is 14 and 8, 7 o'clock, ACC network game. Um, the cards, in theory, well, in theory, they can win 10 straight. But in, in reality theory, they could win six straight games here. Starting with Florida State, and that next up is at Arkansas. It's not an impressive schedule. It's just not. Um, all right, Kentucky lost two in a row, both at home. I got a stat I saw this week that uh, Tennessee just dropped the most points they put up in a road game in 31 years. 103 to 92 was the final. Now, the Florida game was disappointing, and I'm sure Tony Burke talked about that on Thursday uh, ad nauseum. 
But the Florida game, I'm watching in a hotel room in, where was I that night? Kennesaw, Georgia. Just foul. Just foul. There's It's a three-point game. Kentucky's winning. They let the guy who had the best shooting night of his career get an open three and send the game to overtime. Just foul. It's past, In my opinion, it's basketball 101. Some coaches don't agree with that. But I agree with it. And here there are two reasons. Number one, a three-pointer ties it. Pretty simple reason. Three-pointer ties it, two free throws does not tie it. The other factor, and I argue with Tony Burke about this all the time, I say you foul as soon as the guy gets across midcourt. I don't care if there's five seconds left. I don't care if there's 10. I don't care if there's 15 seconds. You foul. As soon as he gets to midcourt, you foul him. Now, Tony will say it's got to be under five seconds. Well, now I've let him get into the offensive end of the court. Maybe you reach in and he goes up for a three-pointer. I'm not comfortable telling my guy, keep an eye on the clock or listen for us. We'll yell for you when to foul. Because as soon as that offensive player hears you yell foul, he's going up for a shot. I'm just telling them when they get it across midcourt, foul them. I don't care if there's 15 seconds because point two is, the second point I want to make is, there's no guarantee whoever goes to the line is going to make both free throws. There's no guarantee. Now, the argument will be, well, there's no guarantee that they're not going to get an offensive rebound and a putback. All right? If you're doing your job and you got the right people in the lineup, you're going to get a rebound. You're going to get a rebound. I don't know the analytics on this, but I'd love to see them. I'd love to see the analytics because I believe the analytics will show you that if you foul, you're going to win the game 92% of the time. And if you don't foul, there's a much better chance that what happened on Wednesday will happen. Guy hits the three, go to overtime. You go to the bench thinking, man, we had that game one. All we had to do was foul, and you lose. And that's what happened. Now, I did watch the Tennessee game on the bus with no volume <laughs> on the way back from Charlotte. Seven-and-a-half-hour trip, by the way, on uh, Saturday night. Tennessee 103, Kentucky 92. That's about as bad a defense as you're going to see. And I know we look at analytics all the time, and Kentucky's uh, terrible in defensive efficiency on the season, and nobody that's bad at defensive efficiency ever wins the title. I get all that. Kentucky fan is panicking right now. Oh, we're not going to win the, the SEC regular season title. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Is it advantageous to win the regular season title? Yes. Why? Because you're the one seed and you get favorable matchups in the conference tournament. That's it. Who knows? Wherever you finish here, if you finish third, guess what? You're opposite Tennessee, who I think is going to win the conference. They're not in first place now, but they're going to win that conference. Am I wrong? Eh, there's a good chance that's true. There's a good chance I'm wrong. I've been wrong many times. I don't mind being wrong. 
Alabama's eight and one. South Carolina and Auburn are seven and two. Tennessee six and two. But I think Tennessee is going to win that conference. They are the best team. South Carolina has been a great story. Alabama is somehow eight and one. They had a seven, They were down seventeen two to Georgia one night last week and won. Not only won, but covered the spread as a six point favorite on the road. One of those ten losses in the system, by the way. But you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you're the two or the three, guess what? You're opposite the one. If you're the six, you're opposite the one. So, if you're the seven, you're opposite the one. It doesn't matter. Just win. You want to win them all. Just got to win enough games to have a decent enough seed in the SEC tournament. Because guess what? In the SEC tournament, almost every night, you're going to be the home team. You're going to be the home team. You're going to have the crowd. When you go into the NCAA tournament, guess what? Every game, you're going to have the crowd. But this team's got to play defense. If they don't play defense, it's not going to matter. Because when you play defense, you can overcome a night when you don't shoot the ball well. Because those nights happen to the best shooting teams. They happen. But when you play defense, you can overcome those nights when you're not shooting it well. That's why Houston is a trendy pick to win it all. Because they play defense. They didn't play much in uh, Lawrence on Saturday, but for the most part, they play defense. Purdue plays pretty good defense, and they got that eraser in the middle there. We'll talk more about the Cats after the break. We'll also talk about the Hoosiers and some news and notes as well. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratsports.com. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Monday. Eminem Cartage hotline's open. 384-1450. Join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line 502 414 1450. Some news and notes. Joel Embiid going to be out for an extended period of time. Not sure how long. Meniscus problem in his knee. Uh, You know, he looked bad a couple of times. They sat him for a couple of games. Here's what happens now. Teams go on the road for that one game. The Lakers went to Boston. They only played there once in the regular season. LeBron James didn't play. Anthony Davis didn't play. Now, they still beat the Celtics as like a 18-point underdog, which was disheartening to us Celtics fans. But the worry, and uh, Adam Silver, the commissioner, said this many times, the worry is these guys aren't playing. Fans are paying to see these guys. They only come to town once a year if it's, if it's Eastern Division versus Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. And it's not fair to the fans. Joel Embiid missed a couple of games. He missed a game at Denver, which is a one-time visit. Uh, he missed another on the West Coast trip, and fans were grumbling. You know, they want to see Joel Embiid play. MVP, uh, defending MVP, especially going against Joker, also an MVP candidate. But you know what? He was hurt. The problem is we don't know when they're really hurt because 
when these guys sit, the team has to designate a reason. Migraine, uh, back back issue, illness, whatever it is. And you got to say something, even if it's load management. So the fans are now um, conditioned to not believe what's being said. Joel Embiid was hurt. I watched him play against Cleveland. I watched him play a couple of games, actually. And I thought, man, I know he lumbers up and down the court. He scored 70 points a couple of weeks ago, less than two weeks ago. I was watching that game. But he was lumbering, and he was hurt. And now it comes out he's got a meniscus problem. He's going to have to have a procedure, and it may cost him the rest of the regular season. And that's bad for the people who bet the Sixers to win the East. And that wasn't me, although I almost did. Dan Quinn, new head coach of the Washington Commanders. That means Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, all on the outside looking in. All on the outside looking in. Dan Quinn, by the way, hired Cliff Kingsbury to be the the commander's offense coordinator, former Arizona coach. So uh, the new ownership in Washington is going to try. I mean, they're trying here. I don't know if Dan Quinn's the answer. The last thing I remember Dan Quinn doing was blowing a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Well, that's the second last thing. The last thing I remember him doing was giving up 100 points to the Green Bay Packers in the first round of the playoffs this year. Also, R.I.P. Carl Weathers, 76 years old. Carl Weathers or Apollo Creed, because that's what I knew him as. He was great in the Rocky movies. Great. He was also Chubb in Happy Gilmore, another sports movie. (laughs) The alligator or the crocodile ate his hand. Uh, Carl Weathers, former, former college football player. He was a dude, man. Carl Weathers was a dude. Passed away at 76 while I was on the road. All right, back to Kentucky. The uh, text line, Mo from Middletown wants to know, what's your opinion on Big Z not playing? Is there an explanation that you have heard? He's a pick-and-pop nightmare if used with Dillingham or Reed. I'll agree with most of that. I don't know if he's a nightmare. I don't know if I'd call him a nightmare. He had the great coming-out game his first game back first game that he played that was fun hit some threes you know it was exciting it was fun to see i don't know if he's a nightmare now that's his game seven foot two or whatever he is he is a shooter internationally that's what he did it does make sense that the way reed and dillingham were being guarded that might have worked very well, but he's still got to knock down the shots. Now, the other thing is, I think he was under the weather the game before, and Cal said maybe he was still under the weather. If you're sick, you're sick, right? If you're sick, then you can't play. That's all. But I I, I don't, I did not hear an explanation. In fact, I don't even know if he got the question. First of all, Cal didn't do the postgame radio show. It was Orlando Antigua, which is sort of soft Uh, in fact it's really soft the fans i've been to rep arena they wait around for the coach to come out he comes out he signs some basketballs throws them into the crowd when the people bring their own basketballs he signs them he does the interview with tom leach it's 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 nice it's very nice i like it it's sort of become a thing 
So when he doesn't show up, and all of a sudden there's that kid there that's uh, going to the only game he can afford to go to that season. He's got his basketball and Cal didn't show up. Orlando Antigua. And his postgame pressure was about as short as it got the other night. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be there because his friend and buddy and the guy he hugged before the game, Rick Barnes, beat him again. Beat him again. So to answer the question, I don't know why Big Z didn't play. I don't think it would have made a difference. I don't think Big Z is a defensive stopper. Uh, Ugo Onyensu had four block shots. Now, the five spot was not good for Kentucky. Onyenso had two points and six rebounds. Bradshaw had two points and six rebounds. There was no offensive threat from those guys, and this team scored 92 points. So maybe Big Z gives you a little more offense than those guys, but like I said, Onyenso had four four block shots. I feel like he's gotten a lot. They've gotten more out of him than any fan thought they were going to get this year. If you said at the beginning of the year, you know, Onyenso's the key, then you were the only one that said it. He's been better than we thought. Dillingham was great. 35 points, 14 of 20 from the field, 6 of 8 from 3. Uh, Reeves was Reeves. He had 21. I thought he was pressing a little bit in that second half, trying to take the game over himself. Reed Shepard, 16 points. I'm good with that. He hit a couple of threes that were that felt like big-time threes when he hit them. Uh, five rebounds, six assists, three turnovers is unlike him. Uh, Kentucky only had eight turnovers. Thierro had nine points. Trey Mitchell, zero points, five rebounds. No points. He only took three shots. He's got to take more than three shots. Now, Dillingham was on a heater. He was. Reeves is going to get his shots. Shepard's going to do what Shepard does. But you feel like I feel like Trey Mitchell's got to get more than three shots. He did have five rebounds. Justin Edwards was seven points, four rebounds. He was okay. I love the cow speak every time. Oh, when he gets it, he's going to be, look out. Okay. You know what? When anybody gets it, figures it out, and has talent, they're going to be good. So you don't have to keep telling me that. How about you tell me when he's going to figure it out? How about you tell me when Tell me when that day is that he's going to come out and have 18 and, 18 and 7 and figure it out? Offense is not the problem, by the way. I know fans wanted to see Big Z in there shooting three-pointers. Offense is not the problem. Kentucky shot 49%, over 49%, held Tennessee to 48.6. If you'd have told me that without me looking at those numbers, I'd have said you're crazy. Tennessee got so many easy looks, there's no way Kentucky had a better shooting percentage than Tennessee. Well, they did. Kentucky had 12 of 27 three-pointers. You're going to win most games when you do that. You're going to win most games when you do that. It's 40, that's almost 45%. Tennessee was 12 of 30. That's respectable, but Kentucky was better. Tennessee shot more free throws, made more free throws. Uh, Cats got out-rebounded like they do, 44-38. Tennessee had 16 offensive rebounds, felt like 40. Felt like 40. Every ball that came off, it felt like Tennessee got. But that's two home losses in a row, and you got Gonzaga coming in on uh, uh, this weekend. 
Now, Gonzaga's down. They lost to Santa Clara. They did win this weekend against St. Mary's, but it was close. I think they no, they lost to St. Mary's. I take it back. I think they lost to St. Mary's at at the kennel, which is frightening. But for the time being, I go back to just win here because you're at Vanderbilt Tuesday. Vandy is six and fifteen. They are not a threat. But guess what? They will have the biggest crowd they have all season. Eight thirty late night game on the SEC network. Show up ready to play. And defense, which has been optional, just slow them down a little bit. You're going to score points. You scored 92 again and 91 and 92 the last two games, and you lost them both. You're probably going to score 85 to 95 against Vanderbilt. Just play a little defense. And again, just win the game. If it's 91 to 90 and you have the 91, that's good enough for me if I'm a Kentucky fan. Just win the game. This is all about the resume from here on out. Kentucky hasn't played a division, a quad one game in a month. They're going to get a bunch coming up, but they haven't played one in a month. Get the win. All right. I don't want to shortchange the Hoosiers. Penn State, 85, Indiana, 71. Indiana's lost four out of five, five out of seven. First time since 2014, Penn State beat them in Assembly Hall. Uh, 48-30 was the score in the second half. Khalil Ware's great, 25-11. and 11. They got to have him on the floor all the time. Renu had 16, and Baco 13, Galloway 12. The bench had three points. C.J. Gunn had three points. The bench was 106 from the field. It is a short rotation in Indiana. They only had three bench players play. Xavier Johnson banged up again. Indiana shot 48%, but they gave up 57.5. Penn State was 12 of 22 from three. Indiana 11 turnovers, but they only... Here's what Indiana doesn't do. They don't turn you over. Penn State had six turnovers on the road. And Indiana, this year, does not turn teams over. Now you go to Ohio State Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Thank God it's on the Peacock, Hoosier fans. If you don't have Peacock, you don't have to watch it. Buckeyes are 13-9. and nine. They are, have three wins in the conference. You Again, here we go. Just win. Indiana's 13-9 and nine now. They're not going to the tournament right now. They're not. But just win. Win games. Go to Ohio State. You're better than Ohio State, presumably. Win the game. They're going to be an underdog. They're not going to be favoring this game. They shouldn't be favoring this game. They haven't been playing very good basketball. As I mentioned, four out of five losses. <sighs> Mike Woodson, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've been wrong. Because I said... I don't understand why Hoosier fans are on Mike Woodson so bad. I'm sort of kind of starting to get it. When you lose Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood Shafino, you're probably not going to be better. And they're proving that. They're proving that every time they go out on the court. Tony Burke will join.